Our scripture passage today comes from 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 to 13. I want to give you a little background on this because we're this passage is right in the middle of a pretty long story. And uh, like I said, we're, we're talking about the Holy Spirit these next few weeks as we build up to Pentecost. And this is an instance of God's Spirit talking to one of his people. And, uh, and this story is about the prophet Elijah. And the prophet Elijah has been active in Israel, and he's been warring with the priest of Baal, um, which had kind of taken root in the, in the household of the king and queen, uh, King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. And uh, Elijah had a chance to have a toe-to-toe a, a -to -toe with these priests of Baal, and through the Spirit of God, he defeated them and had them put to the sword. Well, Queen Jezebel was none too happy about this, and she vowed the next time she sees Elijah, he's dead. So Elijah has fled from the anger of Ahab and Jezebel, and he's off in a cave, and this is where uh, our story picks up. But before we read this, let's pause for a moment in prayer. Good gracious Father, I thank you today for the word that you have given us, Lord. The word that dwells within our hearts and minds and the word that you have given us in the pages of Scripture. And Father, as we approach your word, Lord, we know we can understand nothing you have revealed to us unless the same spirit that inspired these words would inspire us today. So Father, I pray your spirit be breathed upon our hearts and minds, Lord, that you would uh, teach us and instruct us, Lord, that you would fill our hearts and minds and illuminate our paths today. Father, bless this holy reading of your holy word, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, this is 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 to 13. Listen now to the word of the Lord. Then Elijah came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been jealous, very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Before I was a, a hospice chaplain, I spent a few years as a chaplain in a hospital. And one of the things you get to do as a chaplain in the hospital is talk to a lot of people who have heard the voice of God. Happens a lot in hospitals. 
Lots of people in the hospital have heard the voice of God. Now, of course, most of them are in the psychiatric unit, but they are convinced that they've heard God speaking to them. And God tells them all sorts, all sorts of things. Sometimes God tells them that they are Jesus. There was one man that God told him to pull all the wires out of his house. He didn't know why. God told him to pull the wires out. So his family found him ripping all the wires out of the walls of his house. One lady was told by God that he was going to raise her brother from the dead at his funeral. And she went up to the casket, had it opened up, and tried to raise her brother from the dead. It didn't work. One lady also came in one time, and she was checked into the hospital because she said God told her to kill her children. Hospitals full of people who hear from the voice of God. And the hardest part as a chaplain really is, how do you confront a situation like that? I mean, I can argue theology all day long with anybody. I'll, I'll argue with the best of them. But how do you argue with somebody who hears the voice of God? How do you argue with someone who claims that they've heard the voice of God? Now, it would be real easy if we had a faith that God didn't talk to us at all. That when anyone comes up and says, God, talk to me, you say, no, no. God doesn't talk to people. But we don't have that kind of faith. We have a kind of faith like the story we read today. God talks to people all the time. And one of the greatest struggles believers always have is, first of all, trying to identify, is God talking to me? And then how do I know that this is God and not just my imagination? Or how do I know that this is God and I'm not going to be one of those people in the psychiatric unit in the hospital anytime soon? Because you, we know the reaction that you have to people who say they hear from God. I mean, what do you think when someone comes up to you and says, you know what, God just spoke to me, wanted me to tell you something? I know what I think. I mean, here we go. I have no idea what's coming next. It could be something really profound or it could be something where it's like, oh, yeah, okay, nice, nice. You don't want to be one of those people. But at the same time, we want to be faithful. At the same time, we want to be faithful and obedient to God. If he's speaking to us, we want to hear him. We want to be obedient and live in the fullness of that faith. And that fullness of faith means sometimes listening out for the voice of of the Holy Spirit speaking in our lives. Now the big, big challenge I think we have in hearing the Holy Spirit for every believer, the challenge we have of hearing the Holy Spirit is an issue of volume. God doesn't speak loud enough. He doesn't speak loud enough for us. And was, I, know, I know that the Bible is full of stories about God speaking really loud. He speaks to Moses in a burning bush. Or he speaks to the people of Israel, you know, in the storm on top of a mountain. Or in the pillar of fire. Or in the, 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 the Holy Ghost coming down like a dove. Or sometimes in, uh, in John, we even, people even heard the voice like thundering out from heaven. I know it happens like that in the Bible a lot. But it doesn't normally happen like that. Which is why it's in the Bible. It's because these events were the big events. They were God doing something momentous. And he spoke loud for everybody to hear. 
But in our normal everyday life, when God speaks to people, it's, it's, it's not in the burning bush. It's, it's not in the cloud. It's not in the thunder. It's like God spoke to Elijah today in Kings, where we just read. He says it comes in the voice of a low whisper. Kind of like Joe Biden talks sometimes, low whisper. And you're like, is that really you, God? So, I mean, God is speaking in his low whisper. How can we hear him? <laughs> How can we be expected of God who speaks in a low whisper, especially... When our world has gotten so much louder. Well, the first issue to confront is, does God really talk to us? I mean, come on. Does God really talk to us? Is this just wishful thinking? Is this just my own imagination? And I want it to be God so much that I'm making my own words into God's words. And I believe God does talk to us. Not just for the big momentous times of history where he's forging a new people or forging a new covenant with a new people. But he talks to us through our everyday lives. In Romans 8.14, the Apostle Paul says, All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And so to be children of God, we need to be led by the Spirit of God. And how can we be led by a Spirit that doesn't communicate with us at all, in any form or fashion? And in John 14, 26, when Jesus had gathered with his disciples for the very last time, he gave them a promise about the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to send to you the Holy Spirit, and he will teach you, he will teach you all truth. And his disciples today, he's, he's talking about us as well, to send us the Holy Spirit in order to teach us truth. And how can the Spirit teach if he doesn't speak? How can the Spirit teach us anything if he doesn't in some way try to communicate to us? And then how can we be guided by that Spirit if we don't hear, if we don't listen to what he says? So how does the Holy Spirit talk? How does the Holy Spirit talk to his people? And how do we know that this is, in fact, the Holy Spirit that's communicating to us? See, this is where the low whisper really gets to be a challenge. And what I believe about that when he says low whisper is I think he, what he means is that he's not speaking in audible words. And normally when God talks to us, it doesn't come in audible words. Like, I mean, something that we hear with our ears. I'm not saying he never does that. Sometimes he does. And there are some people who've heard from God with an audible voice with their ears. But normally, in our everyday lives, in the life of faith, he doesn't talk to us in audible words. And that's what he means, I believe, by a low whisper. And that's the Holy Spirit not speaking into our ears, but speaking into our hearts. That's what this low whisper is. The Holy Spirit moving in our heart. The Holy Spirit moving in our thoughts. This low whisper is sometimes a sudden urge to go talk to someone you haven't talked to in 30 years. This low whisper can be a random thought to, to go across the room and, and talk to this girl who looks lonely and, and you know she has this sudden urge or burden that you need to speak to her. 
The low whisper can be this persistent feeling that gets in you every single day that, that you've got to go out and do some foreign mission. Or you have to do some local mission. I know of people who's, who have gotten this low whisper with uh, words that kind of disappear in their heads or images that appear in their heads. But the greatest challenge that we face is figuring out, is this God talking to me? Or is this my imagination? And that's the work that we call discernment. It's discerning the voice of God. And the first part of that is hearing this low whisper, this movement in our hearts and minds through all the noise of life. And I don't know if there's any generation on this earth that has got as much noise as we do. We have got noise everywhere. Not just the noise of our fears and our doubts and our anxieties. We've got the noise of just all the, the responsibilities and the tasks that we have. We're, we're just always driving around and we've got images flashing in our minds. We've got the 24-hour news channels. We've got our phones always popping up with noise, always giving us noise. We've got our TVs. We've got radios. I mean, we've just got noise all over the place. And then we've got the running noise of what do I have to get done today? These list of chores and responsibilities and these worries and these things I have to do for my job. And then are my children going to be okay? Am I going to have enough food? What's going to happen tomorrow? How is our country going to survive? It's constant noise. And amid all that noise, God is speaking to us in a low whisper. How do we possibly hear that? And then according to the Bible, it's not only the noise that can block out the low whisper. What about these other spirits sometimes the Bible talks about? Spirits of pride, spirits of greed, spirits of envy, spirits that are been known through history as the more diabolical spirits. And then to top it all off, we've got our own voice. We've got our own voice in our head that's talking about what we want, what we need, our desires, our wants, our ambitions. And that might be the loudest voice of all. That's the voice of I want, I need, I deserve. And that's a loud voice that echoes through our head. And it can drown out that low whisper very easily. So how do we know? How do we know which voice is from God and which voice is from the world and which voice is the noise of life and which voice is just my desires or which voice is just my imagination making everything up? That's the work of discernment. Discernment, trying to figure out, is this the voice of God in my life? Now, Scripture gives us some great advice in, uh, in 1 John the apostle told, tells us, test the spirits. See, a lot of people think Christians just believe anything that pops in their head. And, you know, we're just speaking with God constantly and he's always talking to us and we believe in all. But scripture tells us very differently that you have to test the spirits. Don't believe any random thought or feeling that comes into your heart. So you've got to test it. You've got to test it to see if this is from the God that you know or if this is from somewhere else. And the best way to test a spirit, to test uh, this, this feeling or thought or the low whisper that you feel to see if it is from God, the best way is to hold it up against Scripture. To hold it up and compare it against Scripture. Does this 
voice I'm hearing, this stirring in my heart, does it affirm what I hear in Scripture or does it contradict what I hear in Scripture? And if it contradicts what's in Scripture, then it's not the Holy Spirit. If you had a voice in your head that's telling you that you're Jesus, that is not the Holy Spirit. Because we know that's not how Jesus is coming back. Jesus said, I'm going to come back the same way you saw me leave. Which he ascended into heaven. Which means he's going to come back descending down from the clouds in glory. He's not going to be reincarnated in Gilbert, South Carolina. You're not Jesus. That's not the Holy Spirit. If there's a stirring in your heart for you to take revenge and kill your enemies. That is not the Holy Spirit talking. Because scripture tells us to love our enemies and to pray for those who hate us. If you have a stirring in your heart that you need to go out and have an affair. That is not the Holy Spirit. And people get these stirrings in their heart. Oh man, something that feels this right can't be wrong. Yes, it can. And it often is. That is not the Holy Spirit talking to you. Because it contradicts the manifestation of, of the Spirit that we get in Holy Scripture. Well, sometimes the stirring in our heart doesn't contradict Scripture. It's actually very much in the spirit of Scripture. It's asking me maybe to go on missions or to become an elder in the church. How do we discern that? I can tell you if Larry Huckabee asked you to do something, it's probably not the Holy Spirit. You need to be wary. Test that spirit. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> it could be the Holy Spirit. But how, do we, how are we sure? How can we really be sure that this is the Spirit talking? Sometimes... Sometimes we can't know. A good thing to do is find someone you trust. Talk about it. Pray about it. Don't just let it drop. Think about these things. And God will guide you. Sometimes, many times, we can't really discern if it was the voice of God or not until we actually step out in faith. Sometimes we don't know if it was the voice of God until we actually obey and step out in faith. And I know it sounds like a cop-out. Like, you know, you can't tell until you actually obey the voice of God. But it's true. It's true. Many times we don't know it was the voice of God until we've actually obeyed. And it's not because what we did worked or performed some miracle or made our life very profitable. But usually after we have obeyed, there comes this conviction that, yes, it was speaking to you if God if God through the Holy Spirit speaks in your life and you obey there is a sudden sense of joy at obeying you feel very very good about yourself not in a prideful way but you feel good because now you can feel the pleasure of God the pleasure of a God who has told his children to do something and they obeyed and you know immediately that this was God speaking. And in contrast, when you follow another spirit that is not of God and you obey, the immediate aftermath is guilt. The immediate aftermath is shame and the sinking feeling of, what have I just done? And when we obey the spirit of God, there was the confirmation of the joy we feel and knowing we have given God pleasure. And the more you obey that voice, 
whether in the successful ways when you knew it was God or the, the failures when you find out that it wasn't God. But the more you obey that voice, the better you get at knowing how God sounds. And in this discernment is actually a practice. As you step out in faith and you start to obey and you get to, to know the sound of God's voice. Jesus said, he said, my sheep know my voice. He said, my sheep know my voice. And the sheep of Christ are those who obey Christ. And the more we obey him, the more that we are his sheep. And the more we start to recognize the voice of our Savior. The more you obey, the better your discernment gets. You can tell the difference between the Holy Spirit and just the ramblings of your own mind. But God will usually help you. He'll help you if you really are looking to see if this is the Holy Spirit or not. God will help you. And sometimes when he speaks with the Holy Spirit, they'll send some other form of confirmation outside of the stirring in your heart that you'll know this is the Holy Spirit. You'll be thinking, should I really go on missions? I feel a stirring to go on missions. And then your phone rings. Say, hey, we're on a mission trip. How would you like to join? Many times God gives us his confirmation that this indeed is the Spirit of God speaking. There's one time in my life where I really felt God moving me in a powerful way. And he sent a confirmation along with it. And the worst part about it is that he was wanting me to move in some way, and I really didn't want to. But then he put me in a place where I couldn't really help but I guess I could have still disobeyed, but I was really stuck and had to obey him. It was, this was years ago. Liz and I were living in Columbia, and I was on my way to a men's prayer breakfast. And I stopped at Hardy's. They gave me a sausage biscuit and some orange juice to eat for my prayer breakfast. And this Hardee's was uh, right next to this motel. And the motel had a, uh, what shall we say, a seedy reputation. You know exactly what I'm talking about. One of those motels. And as I'm walking out of the Hardee's, I see a woman walking out of one of the rooms across the parking lot. And she has this kind of stumble to her gait. And there was something, sometimes you can tell when someone's going to talk to you. You can just kind of feel it. And I, and I felt it there, and I felt the stirring in my heart that God wanted me to talk to this woman, but I did not want to talk to her. It looked like drama to me. And I was, I was being a little judgmental, but it looked like drama and a mess, and I did not want to get involved in that. And I was like, God, i got a prayer breakfast to go to. Come on now. Priorities. And so I'm, I'm hurrying to my truck. Because I know if I can get in the truck before she gets too close, then I'm free and clear. We've broken the lines of, of, of sight and communication. So I go to my truck. I'm hurrying in, and this was an older truck. It didn't have one of the keys where you could just pop a button and your door unlocks. It was the old-fashioned. Put a key in and turn it to unlock it. She's getting close. I go to my truck and put the key in. And you can believe me or not, but my door wouldn't open. The lock was stuck, and I'm just shaking it. I'm like, God, what are you doing to me? I know he's like, oh, come on, be serious. Sometimes I swear I know I've got to be God's problem child. But I'm trying to get out of this and unlock my door as fast as possible. She's getting closer. And finally, she says, sir, can you help me? And I look up and she has a rag to her face. And there's a big bruise on the side of her head. And so now... 
I really feel the move of God to help this woman. And so I let her into my car and I try to take her to the hospital, but she says, no, I just need to get out of here. And so we drive off and I just start going to the prayer breakfast, nowhere else to go. And in our conversations in the truck, it's apparent that she's not gotten the money that she was supposed to get and she needs to have the money. So I go to the prayer breakfast, I tell the men about it and we, we collect some money. I give her the money they give her and ask me to drive her to this, this, this uh, trailer park across town. So I drive her, I give her the money, I give her, the, give her my sausage biscuit and my orange juice and then I ask if I can pray with her. And she lets me pray with her. She gets out of my truck, goes into the trailer. I've never seen her since. I don't, I don't know if our interaction had any impact on her life. I don't know if our interaction helped her out in any way at all, but, but on some level it doesn't really matter. Because what mattered in that interaction was that God was using me to show grace to somebody else. And so many times when, when the Holy Spirit is talking to us, it's not to do something big. It's not to go out and change the world or, or to write a new book of the Bible. It's just to go show grace to another human being. And you never know what grace can do. You never know how grace can transform another life. And if, and, and if it helped her trust in God a little bit more, if it helped her believe that there's a God who loves her, then it did enough. It did enough that day. You know, I don't know what you think about all the stuff about being led by the Spirit, if it's a bunch of mumbo-jumbo or old superstition. But I will tell you this. After what we saw happen this week, after we all watched horrified on the news of this, this tragedy in Uvalde, Texas unfold, we've got to believe that the Spirit that is guiding our world today is the wrong You've got to believe that we need another spirit leading this nation and the one that we're letting us lead today. Because if we don't, you can get ready for more of this. You can get ready for more of the same. We're being led by the wrong spirit. We need a spirit of grace now more than ever. It's the only thing that can heal our nation. It's the only thing that can heal us and move us on from the tragedies that we've experienced. And that grace starts with us. That's who we are as the people of God. We are the deliverers of God's grace to the people of earth. And we do it by listening and obeying his spirit. It's not the big things. It's not the big things. It's the little things God asks us to do. Go help that guy stranded on the side of the road. Go talk to that girl sitting by herself across the hall. Go call your cousin you haven't talked to in 20 years. Go get involved in that after-school program. Maybe something that doesn't make any sense to you at all. Maybe something that you think is not going to make any impact on this world and not going to make any difference at all. It really doesn't matter. 
is what God is using you. He's using you to share his grace with the people of this world. And if it helps people believe to know that there is a God, and if it helps people believe a little bit more in God's love, it's done enough. And after all, you never know what a little bit of grace can do. To God be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.